Well, good morning, Door Creek. It is good to be together today. And if you're a guest here, a special welcome to you. My name's Mark, one of the pastors. And we're in for a treat. We've had a great weekend already. So any of you participated in the extravaganza? We had like over a thousand kids and parents here. This place was great. One parent was describing to the other parent. It was like all these zombies descending upon the Easter eggs. And uh, I don't know if it was zombies, but it was a happy time. Thanks for all of you who served. We just had an opportunity just to uh, host a great event for a lot of our neighbors, some of your friends and family that were part of that as well. And then last night we had a great baptism service. And it's always great to see young and old saying, I want to follow Jesus. He's changed my life. I want to serve him the rest of my life. So it's a great night. And uh, we, we've just been really spoiled this weekend by the musicianship of John Gearhard, our sax player. He's also our great ministry partner. He's a personal friend, and he's going to come and share the word in just a second here. So John and Wendy and their four kids have been hanging out. This, this kid from Platteville has been hanging out in the hood in the central part of New Orleans in the shadow of the Superdome and through his pastoral work at Castle Rock Free Church and his direction over Urban Impact. They've been doing a great work facing and helping give hope in the midst of just complex challenges over the last 25 plus years. We've been partnering with this work going back to the early 90s and so it's really great to welcome back my friend, a great partner of Door Creek, John Gearhard. Would you welcome with me? Well, good morning, y'all. And really, I did grow up in Platteville. What's so funny about that? That's all right. Mark, I don't know how you do it. I, I was talking to one of the musicians after... Last night's service, the service earlier, you need Holy Ghost steroids to get through all of this. I'm telling you, it, it'll wear you out. But I want to thank you so much for your partnership over all these years. And before I get started, I, 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 I would be remiss if I wasn't able to share with you what God has done over this last year. Many of you know, but some of you might not know, that uh, last um, January we had a a tragic accident that happened. A house collapsed, five people were injured. One of those was Carl Opitz, who's a member of this church. Many of you know Carl, and a lot of us prayed for Carl. I mean, he, he, Carl was close to death. And it's been amazing, I'm sorry, but it's been amazing to watch what God has done over this last year in his life. Amazing what's happened in our partnership, what's happened at our church, what's happened about to your church. You know, that, that God would take something that we can't figure out and make it for his glory and his honor, amen? You know, and when, uh, when I saw earlier this year that Carl snowblowed his driveway, I was never so happy in my entire life, amen? <laughs> that God would do that and be a part of that. And right after that accident happened, I happened to be in uh, <clears throat> Alabama at a board meeting and I'm driving back and I'm going, God, I don't know what to say because we had the team here from Door Creek and one from Rock Point, and, and God, the Holy Spirit put in my heart the, uh, the uh, story where the, Jesus is in the boat and he's asleep, and the waves are crashing in, and the disciples don't know if they should wake him up or what they should do, and, uh, and they wake him up, and he calms the sea, and, and he says, ye of little faith, and when I saw that, this is the phrase that God put into my mind, that Jesus never leaves the boat. 
No matter how hard it gets, y'all, Jesus never leaves the boat. No matter how big the waves get, no matter, no matter what happens in our life, Jesus never leaves the boat. But he doesn't leave the boat not just the size of the waves. Jesus doesn't leave the boat even though I don't have it figured out. Anybody else? Even though I doubt and, and I struggle with belief and I struggle, God, what are you doing? He still never leaves the boat because that's who he is. And then, and then when Satan pulls up that battleship and, 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 and takes out those missiles and shoots them at us, he never leaves the boat because that's who he is. And we've seen God do that with Carl, and I don't have time to tell you all that happened in our lives last year. It, it was hard. It was, I, I, we, my wife and I would rather go through Katrina than what happened last year, to be honest. But God saw us through because God is always worthy of our confidence. Amen? No matter what happens, he never, ever leaves the boat. So I want to thank you for your partnership. Urban Impact Ministry started in 1989. We want to create in Central City, New Orleans, a neighborhood where kids can ride their bikes. Kids can ride their bikes to schools of excellence. Kids can ride their bikes to a safe place to gather. Kids can ride their bikes to a church that cares and a house their family owns. And, and we've been about that since Glenn Schreiber started this ministry in 1989. And I want to thank you for that partnership. And, and uh, just to thank you even a little further, I got a couple slides I want to show you. Your Advent offering did this. You see that front door? That is to our new youth community center that we're this close to getting finished. Need you to pray that the city would finalize permits and we got an address snafu with energy and they won't give us power, but God's got that taken care of, amen? All right, so pastor, when I call worried about it, you remind me of that, all right? But that door was put in by Jared Hoffman, all right? Jared Hoffman came to New Orleans in 1993 with Buckeye Evangelical Free Church with Tom Savage as the youth pastor. Isn't it amazing what God does? And so, and so you helped us get that new front door. You helped us put, get the carpet for the inside. And this because ministry isn't always sexy, if you will. You helped put these in, all right? <laughs> and good Lord, I never knew how expensive that stuff was, right? But we're that close. And so I, I just want to thank you for your generosity is making a difference in New Orleans. I know your generosity is making a difference in Madison and all with your other partners that you have around the world. So be encouraged with that. So I, I just want to thank you so much for that and, and for being a part of what we are and who we do for the kingdom of God. So thank you very much. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this day. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we... Lord, I just ask now, Lord, that, Lord, through all that's going on, Lord, I, I'm, I'm tired, but I know that, you know, when I'm weak, you're strong. I know, Lord, that uh, when I get out of the way, you do amazing things. So, Lord, I'm getting out of the way, that you would be glorified, that you would be lifted up, that you would change my heart, all of our hearts, to be closer to you in who you are. We love you, we praise you, and we thank you. And all God's people said, amen. So if you could grab your Bible, turn to Luke chapter 10. And you can grab your Bible and do that, the, the parable of the Good Samaritan. Now, some of you all, you know this, all right? No offense, I'm looking at some of you. You learned this on a flannel graph. Can I get an amen? All right? Some of you learned it from Bob and Larry, and I'm, I'm too old now. I don't know how the rest of you learned it, okay? But don't let the familiar become unfamiliar. Don't let this be been there, done that, got the T-shirt, 
Let's let God open up his word and have him speak to us in areas where we're just not used to it. So the Good Samaritan. On one occasion, an expert of the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes and beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. When he saw the man, he passed by the other side. So too, the Le a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, he passed by the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where this man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said. And when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robber? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus replied, go and do the same. You know what, as I look at this, you know what I'm excited about is that God even answers dumb questions. God even answers those questions that are, this, this doesn't make sense. And so, and so here we have the church people. We have the religious people. We have the people that are thinking in their minds, they're lined up with God and what God desires. And so then they're like, hey, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus answers, what's written in the law? How do you read it? And what I love about that is in the Greek, it really means, can you read stupid, all right? That's what it means. It means, can you read the stupid parts, my, my version, all right? Can you read? I love that about Jesus. So I, I'm, Jesus is playing with them a little bit. You know, can you read? And so the guy wanted to justify himself. That's sort of like, guys, you know what I'm talking about. If you want to go fishing next weekend, you start looking at your wife and you're thinking, honey, what must I do? What little something, something, something do I got to do so I can go fishing next weekend? Guys, can I get an amen? You, you know what I'm talking about. And that's what he's doing here. And he's saying, what must I do? And he answers, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. I love that. In, in, in Urban Impact at Castle Rock, we put it this way. We love God with all we got and love people till we drop. Love God with all you got, with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love God with all you got and love people till you drop. So the vertical of the L, if you will, is, is loving God with all we got. The horizontal is loving our neighbors till we drop. And we live at that intersection. Because if we're just loving God with all we got, we can be so heavenly minded, we're no earthly good. And if we're just loving our neighbor and not pointing them to God, we're not going to take care of God's kingdom and what God really desires. Amen. So God's calling us to live life at the intersection. The problem of the intersection is it's messy. It's messy. Why? Because people are messy. Amen. Okay, help me out. Amen. People are messy. Don't look at your neighbor. People are messy. They're just flat out messy. But God calls us to live life at that intersection. So he said, love the Lord your God with all your mind, soul, and strength. Love people till you drop. Love God with all you got. But then he wanted to justify him. He wanted, he, he wanted to justify himself. And he said, 
Who's my neighbor? I'm gonna encourage you today. A neighbor is not what I have. A neighbor is who I am. I'm gonna say that again. A neighbor is not what I have. A neighbor is who I am. Loving God with all I got, love people till I drop at that intersection right there in my neighborhood, living with folks. And so Jesus says, all right, I'm gonna tell you a story. So suppose, he says, a man goes down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Now everybody knows you don't go on that road. That's a dangerous road. There's robbers there. You don't go there. That's like we joke about those of us that do ministry in the inner city. We joke about the fact that, you know, when people come off in New Orleans off Claiborne Avenue and they turn a right on Martin Luther King Avenue, they hit the power lock button in their car. We call it a power lock neighborhood. But I'm glad God shows up in those neighborhoods, amen? I'm glad God's there. And God, That doesn't mean if I'm there that I'm more important than you are here. Everybody hear me? I am not saying that. But he's like, so, so sometimes people get injured and hurt, and we think, well, maybe they deserve it because that's where they're at. I'm glad God doesn't work that way. And so he says, Dram goes from Jerusalem to Jericho. He, found, he falls into the hands of robbers. And he gets beat up, but he's half dead, and he's laying there on the ground. As he's laying there on the ground, he opens part of that good eye he's still got left, and he looks, and there's the priest coming. It's Pastor Mark. It's Pastor John. It's, oh, I've got it. It's okay, because it's not, it's not a rival gang member. It's not somebody there to sneak me. It's somebody that's going to help me. And so then the priest comes, and as I look at the text, a priest had to be going down the way. He passed by the other side. Passed by the other what? Side, help me, pass by the other what? Side. He went out of his way to not do what God called him to do. He went out of his way. On the religious list of things to make God happy, he failed. He had appointments to keep. He had church business to attend to. Maybe, just maybe, it was that guy's fault. You know, and, and plus if I help somebody like that, what, what if they don't do right with what I do? Man, I'm glad God doesn't look at me that because I, I got money I don't spend, right? Anybody else? And so then he, he's working this. What if I'm helping a bad guy? He went out of his way to avoid what was the right thing to do. Syrian refugees, Black Lives Matter, shootings in New Orleans, shootings in, in Chicago, shootings in Madison, 52% unemployment for African-American males in New Orleans, 16 and above. Is that a Republican issue? Is that a democratic issue or is that a church issue? I'm gonna tell you it's a church issue of us standing in the gap and dealing with that. And so he just said, it not it like God to put people in your way <laughs> that you can't avoid, amen? Isn't it like God to do that? But you know what, y'all? Hate is easy, love takes courage. Hate is, love takes, hate is, Love takes. So then, another religious person pops by. It's the Levite. The Levite comes. And the Levite, he, he, he was part of the priesthood. He's part of doing what God, so, he, so he's up there. He's part of that. And he knows that for a Levite, if he touches a dead person, he can't do his job for seven. Now, you know, y'all, not touching dead people, I think is probably a pretty good rule. Everybody else? But for him, it was, like, I believe it was, you know, if I do this, I, I'm, I'm out of the game for a while. I'm contaminated and for seven days. I can't do my church job. And there he was. And so, and so, too, a Levite came to the place and saw him and passed by the other side. Passed by the other what? Side. Passed by the other what? Side. 
Maybe, just maybe, we're so busy doing stuff, we don't see people. Maybe, just maybe, when you're hanging out by East Town Mall, over by Culver's, there at, 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 Wash, at East Wash, and I've been there this weekend, and there's folks there with signs, we'll work for food and help me out. How do you interact with that? Do we at least treat people with dignity to look at them in the eye and give a nod? What do you do? Again, isn't it just like God to put people that are hurting right in our lap? But he went by the other side. Went by the other what? Side. Went by the other what? Side. He's, he, he's, 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 not, he's not proactive in connecting with his neighbor. He's not proactive in dealing with things. He's, we're just reactive. And when we're re just reactive, it's easy to blow people off. God calls us to be an intentional people. Love the Lord your God with all your mind, soul, and strength. Love God with all you got. Love people till you drop. Live right at that intersection is where God calls you. God wants me to be intentional. God wants me to reach out. God wants me to do that. But you know what? Hate is, oh, you're not helping me today. Hate is, love takes. Hate is, love takes. Back in 1973, there was a study at Princeton at the seminary by Dr. Darley and Dr. Baston. And when they did that, they, 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 they took seminary students and they gave them two jobs. They gave, they gave two presentations. One was on seminary, churchy stuff. And the other one was they had to make a presentation on the Good Samaritan. So they put them in one building and then they had them walk to another building and in between in the alleyway, they put somebody in need. And the only variable they gave was if they were in a hurry. If you need to get over there right away because it's starting right now. So these seminary students, who you think would kind of get it, right? Ten, only 10% 10 of the people that were in a hurry stopped to help the man moaning and groaning in the, in the, in the alleyway. 63% of the people not in a hurry stopped. Only about 40% of all of them stopped to offer the victim help. And the main thing, the main reason that people didn't stop was they were in a hurry. Anybody else's life in a hurry? Anybody else's life out of control? But you know what God is saying? We can't go by the other side. God is saying hate is, love takes. Hate is, love takes. But then a Samaritan comes. And as a Samaritan comes, don't lose what's going on here. A Samaritan is a half-breed. A Samaritan is a nobody. A Samaritan is someone that if you are Jewish, you don't even talk to them. As a, Samar as a Jewish man, I would not even talk to a Samaritan woman because that's who they are. They're without God, without hope, stuck away, stuck like Chuck, away from God, away from everything. So all at once, the person that they would hate the most becomes the hero of the story. Don't lose that in the translation. So here's this Samaritan, this half-breed, this nobody, and all at once, he sees him, he gets off his donkey, he then bandages his wounds. You know what? I don't think he had a first aid kit on his donkey. I bet he either took off his shirt or reached in his bag, ripped up his clothes, bandaged him, gave him oil, gave him wine, then he put him on the donkey and he took him to the inn and then he spent the night with him. And then after that was done, he said, here's my American Express card. I'm coming back in two weeks. If you need more, I'm going to get it for you. 
Isn't it amazing? So here this was, this, this Samaritan. Because sometimes pagans get it better than we do. And here he's saying this, and all at once these religious folks are going nuts because this is not supposed to be happening. Notice he didn't drop everything. He didn't, he didn't change his life. He took time in the moment to do that. And what I love about it is it says, when I come back, he circled back. Man, I'm so thankful in my life God put people to circle back to me. Anybody else? I'm so glad God put people in my life that didn't give up on me, but they didn't give in to me either. I'm so glad God did that and who he was. But you know, we gotta remember this, y'all. Hate is, love takes. Hate is, love takes. So then Jesus says, who, who, who was the neighbor? The one that had mercy. And then Jesus said, go and do likewise. So how do we do that? How do we go and do likewise? Three little quick words. We gotta stop, we gotta drop, and we got to roll, all right? And I stole this from Jim Harlow. It's not mine. You got to, Tim Harlow, you got to stop. You got to drop. You got to, remember that when you're growing up? If you're on fire? You know, some of us are old enough to remember the, the, the now it's when I just stop, drop, and roll, baby. Stop, drop, and roll. You got to stop. We got to stop and see people in need all around us, amen? We got to stop pretending that there aren't people in need. We got to stop. Living this crazy American dream long enough to get engaged in our neighbors, our coworkers, our fellow students. I used to be a history teacher. So I bored people there too, all right? But when I taught history, there was always somebody sitting by themselves at lunch. I became a youth pastor, and there was always somebody sitting by themselves at youth group. I became a pastor, and there was always somebody sitting by themselves at church. Sometimes it literally means we just got to stop and sit by somebody new. We got to stop and get out of our comfort zone and see what's going on there. We got to stop and do that. Stop pretending that we don't see people in need. Stop pretending that it's somebody's fault. It's where they're at. When I go to EFCA or I go to other conferences, I'm hanging out with Pastor Mark and, and other folks like that. And when I go... All the homeless guys and gals come up to me. And part of me is like, man, I deal with this all the time. Can I catch a break? You know what God told me? No. Hate is, love takes, you got to stop. Then the next thing is we got to do is we got to drop. We got to drop off our donkey we got to get off our high horse. we got to drop to our knees and start praying for people. we got to drop away from our, from our group that we're always hanging with, and we got to drop into our neighbor. we got to drop into our co Because some of you all got a co-worker that you work with that knows everything about everything and wants to make sure that you know that he knows everything about everything. And when you see him at the coffee pot, you don't want to talk to him. God said, I'm dropping that person in your lap. So we got to drop. We got to get off our high horse. We got we to, we if we're a disciple of Christ, one of God's children through faith, we have to get off our high horse and start serving people because they're not coming to church. It's a post-Christian world that's changed. My other job in life is I'm the chaplain at Starbucks. 
It's a great job. But somehow, I got invited in to a group that hangs out there. It's, 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 a, it's a crazy group. It's Philip the musician who was Catholic, then he was Baptist, then he was Pentecostal, then he was Baha'i, and now he's just trying to figure it out. It's him, it's agnostic lawyer, it's the undertaker, it is Dexter the bus driver, it, 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 it is, uh, it's, just, it's just a crazy group of folk that I get a chance to have coffee with. And right after the Supreme Court ruling on same-sex marriage, I went in and I'm sitting down and Dexter, Dexter goes, loves Jesus and Dexter looks at me in front of 10 people sitting around this, this coffee time and he goes, so Rev, you gonna marry those gays? And to be honest, I'm like, crap, I just wanted to have coffee. <laughs> but it afforded the chance to say, you know what, this is what I believe God says and what the Bible says. And we had a 20 minute conversation. And when I left, nobody's mind was changed but we left friends and caring for each other. And I just want to encourage you, sometimes it's just as simple as dropping in and having coffee with folk you usually don't hang with, amen? This isn't rocket science. So we got to stop, we got to drop. Why? Because hate is, love takes, and then we got to roll. We got to roll up our sleeves. We got to roll out our time. We got to roll out some cash. We got to give some oil. We got to give some wine. We got to make some bandages. We got to tear up some of our clothes. We got to give up two weeks of our wages. We got we to gotta roll into people's lives. Because that's what God did. That's what God did. Jesus rolled into our lives. And that's what's going on here. And God's calling us to do that. And we got to circle back with people. We got we to gotta stop and see the need. We got to drop off our donkey and drop on our knees and drop into people's lives. And then we got to roll out our lives into them. And watch God do amazing things. Urban Impact's been around since 1989. You want to know our dirty little secret? God gives us success because we've been there since 1989. It's not, we, we got programs, they're not, some of them are good, some of them are not. We got a very good staff, but it, it, this isn't rocket science. It's simply being involved in people's lives. We gotta stop, we gotta drop, we gotta roll. We all have something to give. Reach into your heart and start giving. Because remember, hate is love takes hate is love takes good theology leads to good works don't feel guilty about your blessings share them you make money so you can share money you got free time so you can share your time roll out your time your talents and your treasures into people's lives the worst sin that we could commit toward our fellow creatures is not to hate them but to be indifferent towards them george bernard shaw the Roman Hadron in the first century set of Christians. See how they love one another? They never fail to help widows. They save orphans from those who would hurt them. If they have something, they give freely to those who have nothing. If they see a stranger, they take him in as though he were a brother. Back in the back, you've got your compassion area back there. That right now, before when you leave today, you can roll out and start touching people's lives. 
You can do it right now, today. At the ministry, we have a, a young lady, Lakeithia, single mom. You know, I want to remind us all that there's sometimes we look at people in distressing situations. We look at people in the hood, and you know what? It's almost like the world treats them as a throwaway generation. I'm glad God didn't do that with me, and God doesn't do that with them. Amen? And Lakeithia, three kids, struggles through speech impediment, struggles. But you know what? On Sundays, she's always there. Even if we forget to pick her up in the van, she's there with her three kids. And one of her sons, Cornell, Cornell. Cornell's a fifth grader now, but a few years ago, he didn't even speak for two years. You, you, couldn't, you couldn't, and so, again, what, what we did is just <laughs> stop, dropped, and rolled. Helping, helping Lakeithia get him into speech therapy and, and reading to him and, and being a part of his life. And, and, you know, the cool thing now is he gets tutored by another young lady that grew up in the ministry, and Robin's doing that, and, and he's getting A's and B's. And, and, and about a couple months ago, we were hanging out, and, and, uh, and, and he, he was at our education program, and he looked at me and he said, I get you out. I get you out. And I'm like, what, what in the, I look at Josiah, our education director, he said, yeah, he'll get you out. He wants to play Foursquare. So I'm like, all right, little man, let's go. And he got me out. <laughs> so then I'm like, all right, let's go. I got him out. But that's the amazing thing, y'all. We, we make this so hard. We make it so difficult, but it's just stopping, seeing the need, dropping off our donkey, dropping on our knees, and rolling our life into people. And the amazing thing is, a few weeks ago, we had Harvard InterVarsity Graduate School was there working with us, and there's this guy from Singapore hanging out with Cornell, learning from each other. It's amazing. Hate is, love takes. Hate is, love takes. Stop. See the need. Drop off your donkey. Drop onto your knees and roll out your life. And watch God do amazing things. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you. Lord, I praise you and lift you up. Ask now, God, as I see you, Jesus, this is what you did. Jesus, when you were in heaven, you stopped. You stopped and saw that we were, we were separated from you. We were without God. We were without hope. You stopped. You saw the need. And then you dropped. You dropped down from heaven. And when you dropped down from heaven, you walked and became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. You did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but you took on the very nature of a servant. Not only did you stop and see the need, not only did you drop down from heaven, but you rolled upon that cross. 
You rolled upon that cross and you took all of our sins, all the nastiness, all the selfishness, all the self-centeredness. You took it and put it upon you. But then, God, you rolled away the stone. We're going to celebrate it next week. You rolled away the stone, and then you said the same power that's available that raised Jesus from the dead is available to us today. Oh, Holy Spirit, would you speak to our lives? Holy Spirit, would you speak to us? Show us one person. One person that we would stop. We would drop and we roll out your love into their lives. One person, or maybe it's one ministry that we're gonna take some of our time and we're gonna roll out our time for that. Maybe it's somebody at school. <laughs> maybe it's, it's somebody that you already know as you go to school, they're all by themselves. They're fighting through depression and drugs and relationships that ain't working out. Maybe God's just telling you, go sit by them. Roll out some love. Roll out some compassion. So would you give us one? Give us one. And Lord, may we always remember, hate is easy. Love takes courage. And Jesus said, go and do likewise. And all God's people said, God bless you as you allow God to help you stop, drop, and roll. And then you can watch God do amazing things. He's an amazing God. God bless you.